0: I want to share with you something this morning um, that God really encouraged me out of, and uh, for many people that have been uh, facing many challenges in life at the moment, um, obviously especially over this last couple of days, uh, just with the situation in Napier, uh, for for many people today is a a great day. You've got family around you, which is is absolutely fantastic, but for many people today, uh, they're facing crisis, they're facing situations in their family, um, and just... I mean, just with the situation recently, uh, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Molina, uh, it's her second son that she's lost. And so what we did as a church is we sent her a bunch of flowers. We, we hand-delivered it with one of the ladies in the church here, and uh, she was incredibly grateful. We, we wrote a card on behalf of all the church. Uh, we also sent food parcels to, um, to the different members of the, of the police families that got, that got uh, in, in, injured. And uh, so what we're doing is we really want to bless the community at this time. We really want to be there for them. But many people, this, uh, whether it's now or whether it's over this year, last year, many people have been facing a lot of pressures. Many people have been, um, a- a- have had to walk through a number of difficult circumstances. And uh, maybe you're here this morning and uh, you're, you're facing a difficult situation. Uh, remember this, when God spoke to me, uh, it had been a situation that I'd been praying for. I had, uh, I had. I just tried every trick in the book. Well, I prayed, I decreed, I fasted, I spoke to the mountain, I commanded it to move. And, um, and I believed that because I had, a, I had prophetic words that, that God was going to come and, 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 and do a particular thing in my life. And, and, uh, and then things just went from bad to worse. <laughs> How many people know what I'm talking about? You've, you've prayed for something and, and it's just gone from bad to worse. And it's like, God, I, I, I really thought things were going to change. I, I, I really thought that You were in this, and uh, things were going to be different. And and now look at my situation. It's just gone from bad to worse. Uh, What do I do now? And uh, I don't know about you. Maybe it's a family situation for you. Maybe it's a financial situation. Whatever that that state that you're in right now, I believe that God wants to really encourage you this morning and... uh, as God encouraged me, and, it's, and so we're going to look at this piece of scripture, and we're going to read through the story. Story is found in John chapter twenty, and it goes from verse one down to twelve. So, if you've got your Bibles, let's read it together. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay; we uh, we have one up on the screen here for you. And it says here, uh, the story is basically set at, at, at set at the time of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, what I want to do is just initially just create a context for you uh, from. For thousands of years, there had been um, prophesied all through the scripture that God was going to send a Messiah, that God was going to send a Savior that would redeem the world from mankind and set up a kingdom on earth. And uh, so so for the last 2,000 years before this time, there had been uh, prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. People have stoked... Had told stories of of different men that could be the Messiah. And then finally, the day came when the when the Messiah had come to Earth, and when Jesus Christ came to Earth, and uh, he started to he started to teach and he started to bring and manifest the Kingdom of God in the world in this world. And for some, it was for some it was slightly different. For some, they had to have a reality reality check. For some, their perception that of Jesus was that he was going to come into the world and overthrow the Roman Empire, um, but actually. He started to preach a completely different message than than overthrowing the Roman Empire. So at this particular time, the whole world started to get shaken. The whole, uh, what people built their foundations started to, started to get shaken on. Um, their walk, People's walk with the Lord, that was shaken. And so Jesus started, came into the earth and, and taught people a new way of living and started to bring the kingdom of God into the earth. People started to see things that they'd never seen before. People started to see blind eyes open. Uh, people saw... Um, the dead raised. Uh, people saw this man that could forgive sins. People, uh, Jesus brought a whole new way of, um, of, ha- of relationship with God. So, Because previously, people could not just come to God in their own free will. They had to come. The Old Testament was set up in a way that people had to come and, and, and get their sins forgiven, and it uh, was done through the high priest. So Jesus came and literally tore all that apart. And then uh, Jesus dropped a bombshell that that one day he was going to have to be crucified, but he'd be he'd, he'd rise from the dead. Could you imagine uh, being one of those people that walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus? He was he, he personally came and would minister to your life. And can you imagine uh, Peter's response when he first heard that that Jesus also had, had to had, had to be crucified? And so a lot of turmoil would be going around in people's minds. They had, the Scripture had prophesied of a Messiah, but. It, Things were working out differently than what they thought it was going to be prophesied. They, it, it, what was happening was, was something slightly different, but it was accurate to Scripture. And then one day, then, then eventually, Jesus gets crucified and is buried in a tomb. Now, I can imagine at that time, if, if you had walked with Jesus, if you had been a personal friend of his in, in, in the flesh and blood, I can imagine that would have been quite a traumatic time for you everything that you had sacrificed your life for, your, your hopes and your dreams, your, your desires, your, uh, the relationship was all of a sudden up in the air. What has become of me now? What has become of my hope? What has become of the hope for mankind? So now Jesus is, has died on the cross and he has been placed in the tomb. And so what happens here now, we come at the story where the disciples are gathered and Mary is gathered. Here we start in the scripture here in John chapter 20 verse 1. And it says, Now in the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to him, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have placed him. So all of a sudden, a, a bad situation has got worse. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's no fun losing a friend in the first place. Losing such an influential, powerful man that has, has literally turned the world upside down, and you've personally walked with him. All of a sudden, you come to a place where, uh, what have they done with the body? Could you imagine the, the, the thoughts that would have gone around inside of her heart? Can you imagine when, if you had been Peter, can you imagine what it would have been like to have heard that news? Where's the body gone? Have they stolen it? And so what happens is there's a, a, there must have been a, 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 a tremendous amount of turmoil. There must have been a, a tremendous amount of mo- emotion and a tremendous amount of questions going on in, in these people's minds. What now? I thought it was going to work out this way. I thought, Jesus, you were going to come and, and, and turn the world upside down, which you did, but I, I didn't expect it quite to end this way. Now, what do I do? And for many of you, you probably, uh, I mean, like myself, I've, I've, I've walked through times where um, I've believed God for things. I've, I've thought and I've reasoned in my heart that, I mean, I've heard God speak to me and say, this is going to happen. And but then all of a sudden, circumstances change, and all of a sudden, I've gone from a, a bad situation into a worse situation. And the question is, what do you do now? Where is God in all this? And I can imagine they would be asking that same question, God, where are you now? They, they ask that question, where is the Lord? And I wonder if many people here this morning, you've asked that same question. You've looked and you've come to the tomb, and you've asked this question, where is Jesus in all this? I understand they have had prophetic words and things like that, but right now I can't even find his body. I can't find him anywhere. Where is he? What do you do then? And so Mary's in this place and it says that she came and they, they said to Peter, I don't, I don't know where they've taken the body. And so Peter went out and they, him and John, they, they raced down to the tomb and, and uh, John got there first. The young one got there first. And, and Peter came a huffing and puffing up. And Even though John had got there first, he, he just didn't quite have what it took to, to actually go into the place. But uh, but Peter he had seen a few more things. He had he was a fisherman. He knew how to fight. He, he wasn't afraid to uh, to scrap. There was there was things in life didn't faze him much more much more. But Peter went in, and then John went in after him, and they went into the tomb. They went into this place that symbolized this place of loss. They 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 went into this place, and what did they say? All they saw was this: that the clothes were just neatly wrapped up. Then the Bible says that they, they came out of that place and went home. What they thought they, what they saw with their eyes, but what they didn't see were two completely different things. What they saw with their natural eyes was, "Oh, uh, what now? Okay, let's go home." But Ma- the Bible says, "But Mary, Mary stood at the tomb, and as she stood outside the tomb crying and weeping, she bent down, and she looked into the tomb. But when she looked into the tomb, what did she see? She saw two angels. So when I was looking at this piece of scripture, I was thinking, well, w- w- what's going on in this place? Well, what's going, on, what's going on here? One of the things is, one of the big differences in this piece of scripture is this. <laughs> this is not a great deal of revelation, but I thought it was quite funny anyway, <laughs> that men and women are different. How many people know that men and women are different? <laughs> They're actually quite different. And uh, the Bible says that uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created um, man. He created them both male and female and gave them dominion to rule and reign in the earth. So actually what he, what he did was he, he, he's actually placed a piece of piece of himself and both man and woman, and together you and I as, as male and female are to take dominion over the earth. But we're quite different. I mean, people have written books about this sort of stuff and made millions of money just to say that men and women are different. <laughs> How many people, you know that men and women are different? You know, uh, for ladies, you know that men operate differently to you. <laughs> and for guys, well, women often different, operate differently to we do. And uh, I was looking at this thing, and uh, there's, a couple, there's a few differences in here. I mean, there's, there's piles of differences. But one of the thing, first thing I saw in this was women see things differently. How many people know women see things that men do not always see? Yeah? They saw the same situation. Peter and John saw the same situation. They looked in. They saw clothes. The woman looked in. Mary looked in. And she saw two angels. And um, I mean, living with my life I mean, I, I absolutely love my wife. She's the, just the greatest thing on earth. She's a, she is a wonderful wife, a wonderful mother, but she, see th- she sees things that I don't see. She's, uh, it's like, um, I, I, I read of a story the other day, and it, it showed these two pictures, what's inside a, a, a man's brain and what's inside a woman's brain, and they, it's just like a little cartoon thing. They showed you like a cross-section of a woman's brain. And when you look inside the, woman's br- uh, inside the man's brain, everything is put into little boxes. So there's a little box for this, and there's a little box for that, and there's a little box for this, and there's a little box for that. But one thing that men have that women don't have is a little box called a nothing box. See, women feel things different. Women see things differently. They, they feel things differently. They see things that we don't see. They remember things that we don't see. It's like, um, I mean, I've been in situations and, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of emotion in there, and, and, and I've been asked by, uh, by a woman, um, and, and so what do you feel? What, what are you thinking? Nothing. <laughs> what do you mean you're thinking nothing? All this sort of stuff, and what, you're thinking nothing? How can you think Nothing. How do you think? And and so, so it starts to get a a puzzle going on. How can you think nothing? How can there be nothing in your head? I'm I'm just in my nothing box. How many guys know what I'm just know what I'm talking about? You've got a. It's like a nothing box. There's nothing wrong with being in the nothing box. It's just a. It's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. It's like the whole world can be falling apart, and I'm in my nothing box. What are you thinking? Nothing. And that there can alone, boy, can it get some. What do you mean you've got nothing in you. And so guys have a nothing box. And often people go into that nothing box or that, or that cave time where often we get into a, 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 a situation where we're not quite sure how to deal with it. We go into a nothing box. I love my nothing box. <laughs> I love my cave. But women, they're, they're, they're slightly different. Like, and, and so this picture will say, if you look in a, 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 a woman's, woman's mind, I mean, this is only animation, it's only cartoon, it's not literal... I don't just have boxes in my head. <laughs> but they showed you uh, inside a, a woman's brain or a wom- woman's mind, and everything was connected. There, there was just, everything was touching everything. There was nothing that was separate. Everything was connected somehow. How many people can understand that? That, that women feel things differently. They feel things differently than what guys do. So the guys, they, they see the same situation. They probably feel disappointed, but their response is what? I'll go into my nothing box and I'll go home uh, back into my cave. Witness my most incredible experience anyone could ever experience and they go in, into their nothing box and go home. But women are differently. They see things differently. Uh, women see things I don't. They remember things that I don't. I mean, I was talking to a girl the other day, one of the, one of the leaders in the church here, and uh, she was telling me, oh, I remember what you, you, you said and two, two and a half years ago, you were preaching and you said, you said this. And it was word for, and I said, how, how can you remember that? How, how, you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, they can bring something up which is like, I mean, I can't even remember what I said two minutes ago. I can't even remember what I said last week. And you're bringing something up that I said word for word two and a half years ago. How do you do that? That's, that's amazing. And then for a joke, I just thought, I, I said, well... I bet you could tell me what even shirt I was wearing, too. And after she show, yeah, I can. I oh, went, wow, that is impressive. That is an impressive gift that God has placed into a woman. I mean, sometimes I've had a, me and Kate have dialogued over things like that. And, and she, man, she is so clever. She can bring things up that remind me of things that I said or did or didn't do. They happened, I don't know, years ago. Very clever. Amazing. I can't work it out. But women feel things differently, and it's like, I mean, I've been in other situations where, um, yeah, again, quite traumatic and quite emotional, and I've been asked, well, what are you feeling? And uh, I must have been in my nothing box. I mean, it was was quite a tense situation, but I must have gone into my nothing box because what I was feeling was I wanted to go fishing. (laughs) So men and women are quite different. You see this this scenario here where they witness one of the most greatest experiences of all, that all creation has been waiting for for years. And the guys go into their nothing box. The guys go and sit in their cave. (laughs) But Mary, the Bible says, but Mary, there was something about woman. There was something about uh, woman that they just don't let go some things too easy. I mean, I've talking with Sergeant just before and he was, he was saying sometimes, you know, when we when you get a situation, it's like, can't you just can't you just let it go? Can't you just drop it? You know, I've said this to Kate a couple of times. Can't we just forget it and let it go? No. No. What do you mean drop it? You just can't just drop it. See see women feel things differently. They experience things differently. It's it's it, it, it's a fantastic uh, it's a fantastic uh, way that God has wired them. And so for you woman, this morning, we honor the way that God has wired you. You just, you bring us out of our caves and you, you put something in our nothing boxes. So we really love you. <laughs> but it says, and Mary stood outside the tomb and weeping. And as she, as she looked into the tomb, she saw two angels. Uh, and they were looking out of the tomb. And they spoke to her and they said these words. They, one was at one end of the, uh, the table and one was at the other end. And they said, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, but uh, I don't know where they've taken my Lord. I don't know where they have found them, where, where they have placed them. And I want to encourage you this morning. I've been in a position where um, I'm at my wits' end. I mean, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've, I've spoken, I've decreed, I've done everything that I know and believed in my heart to do. But that that tomb it, it represents a place of despair. It represents a a place of lost dreams. It represents a place of of hopelessness. It it, it represents a place of, uh, what do I do now? And for maybe some of you here, you're in that place or uh, right now. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a a financial situa- situation. Maybe it's something personal to you. You've you've prayed and you've believed and and uh, you know you. You believe the prophecy that, that God wants to pour out financial blessing, but all of a sudden things got worse, and I can't see Jesus. And I've been in that position where I've asked those questions to the Lord myself Where are you? <laughs> what do I do now? I'm mean, at my wits' end. I mean, I've prayed, I've done everything. I've, your, I've held your word before you, and everything I know, everything I've been taught, everything I know in my heart to do. And Nothing. <laughs> How many people know what I'm talking about this morning? Yeah. And so I was in this place, and, and this is where I believe that God spoke to me out of. And so what she sees is she sees two angels. And I believe this is a uh, what she's seeing is a, is a uh, is an incredible transformation of the way that God has now ca- uh, called us to operate. See, in the Old Testament, um, you had to come uh, through the high priest, and there was a they had a tabernacle there, and it was. There was different parts to it, and there was the place called the holiest of holies. That was the place where where God spoke. That was the place where God would meet the priest, and not anyone could go into that place. So if you needed forgiveness of sins, you went to the priest, and he you tell this priest, and he would go and knock something off, and the blood would be shed and, and, and make sacrifices. But there's this place, and it talks about in in, um, in Exodus chapter twenty-five, verse twenty. And, and, and the Lord is took, giving instructions to Moses about how to build the tabernacle and what to put in the tabernacle and, 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 and the process of how you get your sins forgiven or how you get healed or how you find this. And one of the things he, he, he required them to build was an ark called the Ark of the Covenant. And they said, well, I want you to build an ark that's going to be this size and this high and you're going to overlay it with gold. And you're going to have gold rings on the end of it, and, and, uh, and the way that you'll carry it is that you'll be two rods in between the, the, the rings so that you can carry it. And in that ark, and behind, on top of the ark, I don't want you just to cover it just with a normal cover. We're going to put what's called a mercy seat on top of this ark. On top of this ark. And I want you to build two angels, two cherubim made of gold, and they're going to look and face them, face them so they're looking at the mercy seat. And at that place there, and in, in, in the, inside the mercy seat, I want you to put the, the Ten Commandments. There's tablets which I've written. I want you to put those inside that ark. And when you do that, when you have built that ark, when you've placed that mercy seat from above the mercy seat, at that point there, at that place there, I will speak to you from above the mercy seat. Whatever you need, I will speak to you. From that point there, from above the mercy seat, I will speak to you. I will meet you there. And so from then on, when people needed a miracle, when people needed a breakthrough, when people needed encouragement, when people needed something of God, or they had, to go, they had to go to the high priest, and the high priest would go to the mercy seat, and then God would speak to them and come back and give them an answer. That is how things are operated in a nutshell from there. And so what we see here is now we see two cherubim again. And so what we have is we have a scenario where over here we have a situation which is desperate. We have a situation which is, speaks of hopelessness. But as she starts to stay, she, see the thing about women is they, they, they feel things differently. And the thing is, it's like often guys we, uh, and people here, we give up too easy. See, they both looked into the same situation. But one went in and had a look and came back out and went home. But the other one, Mary, she stayed behind and she continued to wait and she continued to look. And I believe this, friends, that if you, if you just quit right at the start, just quit because you don't see anything on the horizon. If you quit just like that, you won't see what God has for your life. So the thing about Mary, she waited she felt things, she couldn't just let it go. She couldn't just let Jesus go. There was something inside her that had, had so captivated her life that she couldn't just let him go. And so she waited, and she continued to, to uh, she continued to look into there and see the thing is, she, the Bible says that she was in tears. So one of the things, people, that we cannot let emotion overwhelm us. But on the other side, we cannot be, uh, suppress our feelings, uh, what we're actually feeling. So she was, she was emotional. She was crying. She was feeling deeply about things. But she wasn't letting the emo- I don't believe she was letting herself overcome with emotion. If she, overcame, if she was overcome with emotion, I think she'll be sobbing, and then she'll be out of there and, and uh, doing what, what can happen with some girls when they get full of emotion, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm choosing my words carefully here. And so she's looking at that place. and So friends, I want to encourage you, whatever your situation is looking ro- like right now, see, she's looking for Jesus over here. I can't see you. And and when I was facing my struggles just recently, I was looking for Jesus. I was thinking, I can't see you anywhere. You ever been in that position before? I can't see you anywhere. I'm hurting here I'm broken here I've got promises that you've, 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 you've given me but I can't see you anywhere and at that point there you're thinking I'm alone what do I do who do I turn to God if, if I can't see you if, I, if you're not near me where do I go now but see I believe this that if you hang on and look with the eyes of faith you'll start to see she hung on and she, when she looked in she started to see with eyes of faith and what she saw was two angels looking towards it. But I believe this, that, um, like I said, we, we, I believe that we give up too easy. But if we look with eyes of faith, if we just don't quit, see, revelation comes, I believe, to those who dig themselves in faith and say, I'm not moving. I'm not moving until I see, until I get what I need to see, what, I, what, I, what I'm believing for. So this morning, if you're in a place where maybe you don't see Jesus in the place where that you think you should be seeing him, please, don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. Stay looking with eyes of faith because you will see. You will see. Don't quit. Revelation comes by, to those I believe, to people who just, I ain't moving. I'm not quitting. I'm, I, I, I choose to believe. I choose to stand in faith because friend, faith is a choice. You can choose to stand in faith or you can choose not to stand in faith. The guys they chose the cave. <laughs> they chose the nothing box. The woman, she chose faith. It wasn't just a, a goody good woman. She was a, a woman that had been badly abused. She was one that, worked, that had, 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 uh, had lived a life of prostitution. She, had, she was filled with devils that Jesus cast out of her. She, was a, she wasn't, she, like her, 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 her days before she met Christ, she wasn't a, a woman of good repute. But she, had a, she was a woman of faith. She had a heart for Jesus, and she decided to stand in faith. So here we have these two angels. And I believe this is speaking of this, that she thinks that the two angels are looking at her. In the midst of her trouble, in the midst of her, her place of despair, she, hang on, and by faith she starts to see two angels sitting there. Why are you weeping? Well, I'm looking for Jesus. And then the Bible says that she heard a voice behind her. The voice said, when they turned around, she said this in verse 14, says, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And she did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And she did not know. She was wondering. She thought he was the gardener. She said, hey, look, if you... If you know where Jesus, the body of Jesus is, please tell me so I can carry it. And see, if, if you could get this right now, that the two angels, just like in, in, the, in, in the Old Testament above the mercy seat, that the two angels, they would face the mercy seat. They would face the place where God would speak. They would face the place where, they would, where the, priest, the high priest would meet, would, would meet with God and he would speak. We have the tablets underneath which speak of the Word of God. And so the angels were not looking at her directly. I believe that's a symbol. I believe that's a, they were the two cherubim that, that were positioned over the ark. But yes, guess what? They were still, instead of looking inwards to the mercy seat, now they were turned around. They were still looking at the mercy seat. But they were, still, they were looking at the mercy seat, which was standing right behind where Mary was. And as I saw that, as I started to read that, that she was already in the place. She was already in that mercy seat. She was already in the place where the Lord would meet her. She was already in the place where God would speak to her. And she turned around and she heard the voice of God speaking to her. She heard the voice of the Lord behind her. And she didn't recognize it. Friends, sometimes I reckon we get in positions where we get caught up and we just don't. We're looking over here looking for find Jesus. But actually he's much closer to us than we really think. I believe that he's much closer to you than you even can can imagine. And when I was looking at my situation, when I looked and I I couldn't find Jesus in there. I heard voices in my mind. I heard voices in my head and things like that. But Jesus said just one word after that to her. He just said, Mary, Mary, Mary. And as she turned around, as she looked at him, she saw this was the one that could calm the seas. This is the one that she walked with. This is the one that set her free. This was the one standing with her. See, the friends, we've got to understand this, that it doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter what tomb we might be looking into. It doesn't matter what our situation may look like. The revelation was this. He was there all along. <laughs> she was not alone in the, pla- in the place that, of despair. She was not alone in the place of hopelessness. Friends, I want you to understand this. Uh, 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 oh, sorry, I'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, I learned a couple of things farming. I, I, I've been out in the farm with Rod Patterson and herding bulls and things like that. And uh, I've mucked around with a few sheep trying to you know, get them into their pens and things like that. And uh, I always thought that you lead sheep from the front. <laughs> but I tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> I tried to bring in these bulls and they, they no, they just didn't follow me. <laughs> what I found to get the bulls to move and to get the sheep to move, either one, I had to have foo. I've got sheep and cattles in the, next to our house and you can hold the grass over and they'll come over. But generally, I found to, to round up and to, to shepherd sheep. A shepherd would would follow them from behind. Once I got them behind them and started to move them, they instinctively knew where to go. And see, a lot of us, I believe that we're always looking for Jesus to lead us in front. But I believe there are times and there's places where he wants to get behind you and have your back. (laughs) Today, I want to ask you this question. Who's got your back this morning? You can look into a a situation and and if you're by yourself, it's a terrible place to be in. But as I started to look into my situation, as I started to look and I was looking so hard to find Jesus in there, I was full of disappointment and I was just in a mess. But then I heard the still small voice of Jesus and to say my name. (laughs) It's going to be okay. And at that point there, all of a sudden things changed because I knew in the bottom of my heart, that I'm not walking through this alone, that God has wanted to build character and faith into my life. I'm not walking this alone, but the person that has got my back, he is the one that can speak to the storms and they shut up. He's the one that could speak to a fig tree and it would wither and die. He was the one that would speak into a tomb to a dead body and this thing would walk out. He was the one that could heal leprosy. He was the one And only Jesus Christ. He's the only one that could forgive sins. And from that point on, I knew, if Jesus has got my back. <laughs> I can take on anything. You ever been in a position where all of a sudden, so- sudden, somebody's just showing up in your time of need? And what a feeling it comes over. <laughs> I was in a situation a little while ago, a couple of years ago. It was a, it was a bit of a conflict, really. And it, there was me and and three other guys, and it was sort of getting a little bit aggro. And uh, things were starting to get tense. And I was a little bit nervous because there was only one of me, and there was three of them. And uh, then all of a sudden, somebody just walked out from behind the scenes. There was two of my mates drove past, and, and they saw me in a situation. And they just walked in behind me and said, Hey, hey, dog, you all right, bro? You all right? And all of a sudden, the situation changed <laughs> because I knew somebody's got my back. Questions this morning, friends, who's got your back? Maybe you're here this morning and you're walking life alone. Maybe you're here this morning and you're facing situations alone. Friends, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be alone anymore. One of the worst things somebody could ever feel is being alone. This morning, you don't have to be like that anyway anymore because I believe that Jesus Christ is here and he wants to come into your life and he wants to walk with you through your trials. He wants to walk with you through with you through your difficult situations. All you have to do is have the eyes of faith and choose to believe. Maybe you're here and you've got a relationship with Jesus, but things are just looking a little bit messy, a little bit disappointing. I want to encourage and challenge you. Look with the eyes of faith. Don't quit. Don't just give up and go into your nothing box, but choose to stand in faith. Because I know that the God that we serve, the Bible says that he holds the sun, moon, and stars in his hands. There is nothing impossible for our God. And with, with, with him, he's got your back. What do you need to fear? So it doesn't matter now what life would bring, because I know that Jesus is with me all the days of my life. and He can be beside you all the days of your life.